2017 was an eventful year with the solar eclipse, the state pension crisis, and deaths that impacted our community. We're going to be discussing the top 10 stories from what was 2017. Stay with us. This is Inquire. All right, from the Messenger Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me are City Government Reporter Austin Ramsey and County Government Reporter Jacob Dick, or as I like to refer to as JD now. So first I want to say Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year, Don. It's good to uh, be back on a podcast that will air, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've been lengthy, gone for a while. <laughs> we took a lengthy break. We had some technical issues that we had to work out, um, so... We, Hopefully we got them worked out, and we'll be back weekly, starting with this podcast. Um, so, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to look forward to hopefully bringing uh, some uh, some new topics uh, to you, and, and get back on a regular schedule here. So, we're ready to talk about you know the, the top ten stories from this past year that was voted on by our readers and by our newsroom staff, and. It's it's interesting, guys, that um, the readers picked a different uh, number one than the newsroom staff. Uh, the readers picked uh, the death of uh, Nikki Hayden, the motorcycle racer, uh, and then we picked the newsroom staff picked the pension problem. And so there's a different dynamic going on here. And so what are your thoughts, guys, on on, on why the difference? Well. Personally, Don, I think that the problem with the pension crisis is it's very difficult to break through to readers the importance of the pension because this is something that we've been dealing with for quite a while. And right now, it's difficult for the average citizen to see how this is affecting their pocketbook. Right now, you know, we're talking about public pensions and whether or not, you know, I- individual pensioners uh, are, are going to receive the benefits that they, that they were promised. But the problem with that is that this is a public system. And although the, the Governor Matt Bevan administration has promised that they're not going to lay this burden on the, on the back of the taxpayers, um, you know, my reporting and I think Jacob's reporting is showing that it is going to be laid on the back of local government. And local government, all but uh, four of the 120 counties and 386 cities, are going to either have to cut spending or they're going to have to raise revenue in some way. And as I think we all know very well, you know, revenue can only be generated through fees and through taxes. So while we may not be paying for this problem through our state taxes, we're going to pay for this problem through some form of taxes or fees. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd be willing to pledge that, uh, that okay, this may not be the top story for, uh, for Owensboroans this year, but I'd speculate it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be the top story next year or the year after because, uh, you know, there's a train coming and, and it's about to it's about to make the station. Well, and I, I think people in government aren't going to let um, other people forget uh, why 
there's going to be issues next year. I think you're going to hear the pensions come up a lot because um, even in some of the reporting I've I've done recently, um, over and over, you know what we what we've learned in elementary school about opportunity costs. Um, that's something that we are paying for right now because even if if your local government is in a good fiscal situation where your taxes won't have to go up, if they can eat that extra burden in the reserves. Um, then that's that could be extra roads that aren't paved, or that could be extra equipment that's not bought. Yeah, that's a great point for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, and and one of the reasons why the the readers, you know, right now, you know, they're they're, I guess you know, just being cynical, that this is this is old hat. You know, this is uh, an issue, the pension crisis that our legislators, you know, that the, the kick the can down the road. They've done this so many years. So what makes them think they're going to do anything different or they're even going to address it? Well, but that's the thing, Don. I think the fact that they haven't done anything is what makes this all the more newsworthy. You know, the year that the state legislature effectively addresses the public pension is going to be the year that this is not the top story. I think that the more and more and more that they put this decision off – the more it goes from a $40 million to a $50 million to a $60 million, and now, to some estimates, an $80 million problem that somebody's going to have to pay for, and Owensboroans are some of those people. Well, and I get you, you know, you guys being government reporters and me being a formal <laughs> government reporter, I get why, you know, we care about this. But on a personal level, you know, here is Nikki Hayden, uh, cut down in his prime, 35 years old, uh, grew up here in Owensboro. A lot of people know, knew him, and he was real popular over in Europe. Um, Absolutely, and, and yeah. got killed in a, in a tragic bicycling accident back in May of last year. And it just kind of came out of nowhere, and, and the shock of it. And, and you know, you saw his funeral procession. How many people were there? So he had that personal impact. Where you know, right now, you know, with this pension thing, it did not. It's not as personal. Even if like I didn't know Nikki Hayden. But I understand why so many people connected with it because right. he was so personable, um, and apparently he he gave back to his community, and you know, and he was you know from this family, you know, who was able to go beyond just the board, not just here in the United States, but he was pretty popular over over there in Europe. That's not at all to take away from the the heartbreak that the family is undoubtedly feeling, and. You know, my thoughts and prayers go out for that to that family. Um, this is a tragic situation. All you know, anytime you have a, a death, and 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 I believe the readers chose another, um, another famous Owensboroan uh, to make to make this list. Uh, the the Reverend McGrath. Uh, but when you're talking about something that impacts a broad scale. Across the board, most people, I, I really do think that the pension. But of course, you know, I guess when you have these kinds of lists, they're made. They're, 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 you know, they're made to be disagreed with. Well, a, I have no, I have no problem with with the reader's choice, and if, and I think um, if I were picking, I, I'd side with the readers on this. Really, but just because, you know, the, uh, the pension thing. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's old hat, and until they do something about it, then. 
you know, then I'll say, okay, you got my attention, but until they do something about it. <laughs> Agree I, to disagree. I think the reader's <laughs> choice uh, kind of exemplifies uh, an example of, of like perception because you know, we, we would look at the story of Nikki Hayden's death um, like we would probably look at most stories as journalists as something tragic that happened and we would cover the event. But, um, I mean, this this uh, summer I covered a story where the Hayden family actually went back to the Daniel Bettino shelter and uh, donated some uh, training bicycles like Nikki Hayden had done. He had spent a lot of time at that shelter before. And um, talking to them and talking to the people that were at the shelter that remembered his time there, um, I think it's still something people uh, dealt with in the community. So it might have had a lasting effect that we didn't you know, perceive away from what the actual story of his death was. Right, right, for sure, for sure. So number two on this list... Uh, the solar eclipse, both the readers and the newsroom agreed that it was the number two top story of the past year. And I think that sh- that's right where it should be. That, that, that was a story that brought the national eye upon western Kentucky at the very least. Uh, so I, I, t- I totally agree with that. You, you know, and I, and I agree that this was a big story. It was a rare event. And I understand why people, uh, you know, went a little overboard for it. For me, oh. I, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> a little overboard. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I, I'm not an astronomy guy. It, for me, it, you know, it just looked like a cloudy day out there, and I just, you know, it just didn't have the appeal for didn't me. Didn't we personally. have a show on on the on the solar eclipse, Don? Yes, we even had a podcast <laughs> over it because I understand the newsworthiness of it. It doesn't mean, as far as me personally, you know, I understand why people even go to certain events that I wouldn't walk across the street for, <laughs> you know, but that doesn't mean I don't think it's not newsworthy. All right, all right. Uh, again, agree to disagree. Okay. What, what else made the list? <laughs> okay, so let me just run down the top ten list from the, from the readers and, and us, and then we'll go over a, a few more of these before our time winds out here. So uh, at number three, uh, for the readers, the pension problem. So the readers did agree that it, the pension problem did belong in the top ten. So, And then we went to Alorca Begins Operations. The city of Owensboro raises taxes. Gateway Commons comes to life. Uh, the water main break, which I want to talk a little bit about uh, before we get out of here. Uh, the Reverend John McGrath dies. Uh, the festivals draw record crowds. And then we're talking about romp and the barbecue festivals there mainly. And then the Confederate monument debate uh, that was for the readers and then for the newsroom uh, the number three happened to be Nikki Hayden uh, number four was the city of Owensboro raises taxes number five Alorca begins operations number six gateway commons comes to life number seven local industries expand uh, number eight Sunday alcohol sales expand and number nine no more coal and number 10 the confederate uh, monument debate and so there's a few on here that the readers had that we didn't have you know the readers uh the water main break which kind of happened late in the year and it didn't even make it didn't even make uh our top 10 it didn't make an honorable mention you know but it was our our 12th (laughs) (laughs) so it barely even it even barely even got a nod from the newsroom you know, and, and it was and not only, you know, this water main break, yeah, it, it affected, if you lived in Davis County, it affected you for what, a day and a half? Yeah, and I, re- I, I remember having a conversation, Jacob, you may remember this, when we were, when we were 
having a budget meeting, I believe, and discussing the stories that the 25 most important stories that were going to make this list. I think it was my editor. I don't want to speak for him, but I'm pretty sure our editor uh, didn't even want to include this on there because his, his claim was, look, we've had water main breaks in the community that lasted longer and had maybe a more lasting impact. But when you look at the year of 2017 and what people in the city of Owensboro and our surrounding coverage area, you know, Davis County and, and their surrounding counties in southern Indiana and, and western Kentucky, that was something that mattered, and it mattered a lot. Why? Go in Kroger, for go day, in Walmart. For, yeah, for a day and a you half. Know, you know, <laughs> And and, I, and I look think. at the at the look at the bottled water shelves and they're empty. I mean, it, it was yeah. It, I was afraid to even take a shower. The reaction the reaction was mind boggling. I think the this water break was unique in its own right because what was the other one they were comparing it to? Like the ninety one ninety four. I think 90, it was oh, the ninety four yeah. water break. Uh, you know what this water break had that they didn't have a ninety four. Social media, like oh, it took well, on absolutely, life of yeah, there were yeah. People accusing other people of price gouging. <laughs> I bought, yeah, I bought the like, city of Owensboro. The city of Owensboro actually released a statement of of how to report price gouging in your community. How how you contact the uh, the attorney general? I bought, office, I bought so much bottled water. I still have some left over. I every night I go to bed with a a bottle of water that and they are. I mean they. Have my that my fridge is full of bottled water, and the only reason is because I bought three cases of Dasani bottled water. My wife water. was on my cell phone. You need to go uh, find some, uh, you know, some bottled water before we run out. I'm oh like, yeah, I mean, this isn't in like we'll, uh, we'll this put isn't it in a time capsule. <laughs> this isn't 1802. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, we were, you know, it, it it seemed longer than what it really was in the scheme of things, but this did impact people. Uh, and, and plus, it happened so late in the year, so it was on people's minds. So I, I that, understand. And, 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 and a lot of people want to say that this isn't worth anything because people overreacted. But my, I, I argue that the fact that people overreacted is, in fact, what makes it newsworthy. Nothing happens in a vacuum. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so number 10 here on both of us, we both had a Confederate monument debate. Now, even though, you know, we have our own public uh, uh, Confederate monument uh, at our courthouse. Um, it was the national uh, headlines that this debate got that I think really uh, drummed this up and, and oh, brought absolutely. this to life. Yeah. Had Charlottesville uh, never happened, we would not be talking about this. That's that's for sure. Yeah, and and, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I still, you know, uh, think that this is an ongoing issue that that we need to address on whether or not these confederate statues need to be in the public square or not uh, i've been vocal uh, about myself disagreeing about having the confederate soldier uh monument there on our courthouse lawn and you know think it should be be removed but that's another podcast but it's just interesting you know that this probably would not have made this list if not for the national absolutely uh, and in uh, fact and in fact, I think that um, another one of the uh, another one of the um, the the top, I guess, stories of the year that that the newsroom included that the readers didn't also uh, rings of some national attention, and that's that's no more coal. Um, you know, yes, Owensboro Municipal Utilities this year decided that by 2023 they are going to stop. Uh, burning coal at the Elmer Smith station here in Owensboro. And yes, 
a number of coal mines and coal mining companies in our region have, have either left or declared bankruptcy. But had it not been for, say, President Donald Trump um, being so vocal against what he claimed was President Barack Obama's quote-unquote war on coal and Trump's uh, you know, decision to leave the Paris Climate Accords and uh, Trump's decision to, you know, reemphasize coal as a as, as an energy resource uh, that that we can rely on. Had it not been for all, all of those things, I don't think that OMU ending coal and coal mining companies leaving would have been so uh, relevant to to at least journalists. Well, coal isn't dead per se. I mean. Over in McLean County, we have a, a company that's investing millions of dollars. Now, you know, OMU, OMU, like you said, is starting to phase it out. But coal, uh, at least in this part of the country, is going to be an energy source for at least another 20, 30 years. Coal's dead in, coal, coal is dead in Owensboro. Now, as far as, like, just being dead, just, you know, forget about it. We're just going to go to wind, solar, or natural gas. Coal still has a place, um, and, and and when it dies out, you know, who knows? But I wouldn't, you know, what what is that quote? You know, that that you talk about, you know, its death has been greatly over exaggerated. Well, I, I think that I think that these stories and the the conversations that we've had coming up kind of uh, make us dig deeper and deeper in realizing. Are we saying coal is dying or are we say coal is completely dead? Because if it's the conversation, if it's on the way out, I don't think there's a question. But when Well, I don't think that we're yeah. ever gonna there's ever gonna be a day where there isn't someone somewhere burning coal. Right. But I mean we also still have coal horses, no longer but, dominates. You know. Coal is no longer the dominant it's no longer energy key. resource. I won't disagree with and that. you know, the majority the majority of the coal that we're producing here in the United States is going to China. You know, uh, there's co- there's conversation about these new coal uh, the the one the new coal mine and one of the uh, the the thriving coal mines in McLean County shipping its coal down the Green River, down the Ohio River, down the Mississippi River, out into the Gulf of Mexico and to China. You know, so coal's place here, coal's place in Western Kentucky, coal's place in the United States. It's it's on its way out. If it's not already, when that's what we talk, when you want to get on another issue about talking about global warming, you know, and, and the United States doing its part, we can shut down all the all the all the coal-fired power plants all we want to stop mining coal. But until you get countries like China to follow suit, you know, this global warming issue is never going to get any better. You know, we because we're naive to think that the United States alone is going to be able to solve that problem. Of course, we it's can. A, we it's, can we can try to be the the you know the example, but what good is it ultimately going to do if China still wants to you know choke out its people because it doesn't have? But I think we need to be <laughs> honest about what exactly China is doing, and I think in a lot of respects you'll see that they're going through a rulefication process, kind of like we did in the South in the 40s and 50s, where they are trying to modernize some of their right. Absolutely, systems. yeah. The reason that China China does not want to pollute the environment, but China is dealing with an aging infrastructure that we once had as well when we were polluting the earth to a high degree. And it's also important to know that China is still part of the Paris Climate Accords. Uh, The United States is not. Well, 
you know, this is this is uh, you know an ongoing issue that that's still going to be here probably until the next year, and may even make the the list next year as as coal, uh, you know, stays uh, you know stays in the news, whether it's dying or somehow makes a comeback. I guess I guess we'll still see. It is an election year. Yes, it is, <laughs> it an, is election an election year. year. <laughs> and so, um, and, and then one other one other. Uh, uh, topic or one other story that made the that made our list and then made the readers that didn't make the readers list is the Sunday alcohol sales mm, expanded. Yeah. And you have to wonder about, you know, why the readers decided, you know, were they just, you know, stockpiling all their booze on on Saturday night so it really didn't matter? I was shocked. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was shocked that that didn't make the list because you tend to find that those easy headlines, those, those what, what do you call them, clickbait, bait, clickbait headlines tend to kind of... Uh, Tend tend to kind of go well for the readers. I guess that's why they call them clickbait. Well, you know, we all we all. I mean, the reality of it is, we already kind of had our toes in the water anyway. You know, because you could go to. It was a slow process. Yeah, it was a slow process. You know, the the restaurants were able to sell uh, by the by the drink uh, as it was on on Sundays anyway, and this was just a step to allow uh, liquor stores and and your Kroger's and all your grocery stores to open up their places and. And, and to be able to sell the package. I, I guess this wasn't a big deal for anybody who had to take a trip to Beaver Dam uh, to to buy a, a six pack <laughs> on a Sunday because well, I, I I'm I am among those those happy few. <laughs> and you know, like I'm a I'm yeah. There a, was a, a lot of irony in the fact that Beaver Dam, Be- <laughs> which was which for a hundred years was in a dry county, and then right. and then whenever they decided to go wet, they they went, they, went, they legalized yeah. Sunday sales. I was surprised by that before Owensboro yeah. did. So yeah, that's right. Well, you, that, you know, I'm I'm an outsider to this community and actually came from a community that just recently um, went wet. But I think people still hold a lot of connection to their like identity as a town that we don't sell alcohol on Sunday. Because I, I think in Kentucky, don't you have to be a certain population size before you can even have the option well, to vote? Well, y- yes, yes, that's true. And also, in the state of Kentucky, because it's such a contentious issue, mm-hmm. uh, having a, a – there is a separate permit – that you yeah. have to have to sell uh, to sell liquor on on a Sunday. It's you know, and I even I, I remember talking to an ABC administrator um, uh, in Kentucky uh, in my reporting, and I asked them, "What's the difference? You know, other than the word Sunday, what's the difference between a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday?" Uh, permit it's the and Sabbath. a Sunday, <laughs> and, and and it literally is just the word Sunday. There is no difference mm-hmm. whatsoever. Well, and I. I would argue that there is probably something as innocuous as being able to buy a beer on Sunday still has a lot of weight for some people about how they view their town. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, you know, it, it was an interesting year, no doubt. And, and you know, and I'm looking forward to another uh, year of hopefully some uh, some stories that we expect and don't expect. I know I know we see some things coming down the pike. Election, election, uh, election. Yeah, election. <laughs> and, then, and then the Gateway Commons uh, that's on the list here, it's it's still under development. But pension, a, pension. And pension, pension, yeah. <laughs> so so some of these things, uh, uh, you, you know, you may be experiencing deja vu, deja vu this time next year. So And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Austin Ramsey and Jacob Dick for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquirer.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes where you can subscribe to Inquirer. 
Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.